Yo, I'm Shay Serrano. And I'm Brandon Jinx Jenkins. We have a new show called No Skips with Jinx and Shay. In it, we discuss the most unskippable albums in hip hop history. New episodes drop on Thursdays, only on Spotify. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Episode 53? 55. You're going backwards. <laughs> You're going backwards on me now. <laughs> <laughs> number 55. Oh, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the, the, the greatest of the 50 numbers. Good old number 55. Welcome in to episode number 55, the Doug Buffon episode right here on the Full Gold Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by the Ring of Spotify's The Gang. I got the gang with me. I got Jesse Lopez. I got Steve Cerruti. And of course, I got Chris Tannehill. And, you know, just got home after a, a good night's work. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and an honor and a privilege to, to get a chance to do what I uh, I do on a nightly basis, right? Been been in this industry some way, somehow now since the year 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. So going on 20 years, seeing a lot of sporting events, seeing a lot of great feats, right? I saw the the Dragic Rose dunk uh, was 12 years ago. Was it two days ago or yesterday? And I was in the building for that. I'm like, man, 12 years ago, that's... Uh, yeah, it makes me feel ancient, but seeing a lot of things, meeting a lot of people, what you never quite get used to is god awful basketball. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what I took in at work <laughs> this evening uh, as we were recording here on Sunday night. You know, a little bit close to the 10 p.m. hour, the Orlando Magic just absolutely took it to the Chicago Bulls. And yeah, you know, the Chicago Bulls are still licking their wounds because the Alex Caruso play. Um, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this yet, have we? The Grayson Allen uh, foul on Alex Caruso. I don't think we have. Um, you know, Grayson Allen yeah, obviously is is one of the uh, one of the guys in the league who plays to the echo of the whistle. That is my kind way of saying that that dirty motherfucker has been doing the shit that he's been doing for a good three or four years now on two different levels of basketball, and to watch him. Take Alex Caruso out of the air, not just with the going for the ball, because I've seen guys be dirty while understanding that. See, that's the vet move. That's the that's the the Neo slash Morpheus level of dirty players when you know how to go for the ball, but also be dirty while doing it. No, no, no. Not this clown. This dude knows nothing about uh, being discreet. So he goes for the ball and then he takes his right hand and and swings it, you know, forcing more speed and more velocity onto the fall of one Alex Caruso. And as soon as it happened, 
I looked over at Kendall and Will and said, either that's a broken wrist or he's got a dislocated shoulder, one of the two. And when he came up grabbing that wrist and flexing that wrist, I was worried. And those worries and fears were realized as we find out that he will have surgery on Monday. He will be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. Same thing with uh, Lonzo Ball as he's going through his prehab right now, the workouts that they schedule before they, they put you under the knife so they can get you know that knee nice and strengthened before they cut it open. Um, it's a bad time right now if you're a Bulls fan. Hell, it's a bad time right now if you're a Bulls player because if you're a Bulls player, you're either going to be playing 40 minutes or you're going to be hurt. There's no two ways about it. Uh, And the issues that we continue to see defensively keep popping up. And I'm sorry, you know, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball are incredibly, incredibly valuable defensively. But without Zach Levine out there, everybody got to defend. And when Zach Levine comes back, Everybody got to defend, including Zach. Now, there's talks of Zach coming back on uh, Monday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I hope he's not rushing back. And I know he's got his career and his contract and a lot of things on his mind right now. So I hope he's making the best decision for him and his family and as well as the team. But more importantly, him, because, you know, his decisions are the only ones that he can live with. You know, ask Isaiah Thomas. Right. Isaiah Thomas put it out there on the line for the Boston Celtics in those last couple of goal rounds, especially with that bad hip at the end. And, you know, it left him losing a lot of money or leaving a lot of money, I should say, on the table had he taken better care of himself by thinking of himself before the team. So I hope Zach is is, is taking care of himself, thinking about himself and also while while thinking about the team, don't get me wrong, don't want him to be selfish, but I also want him to take care of himself. So if he comes back Monday night and it's not rushed, Zach Levine's got to play the defense that Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball would have been playing. And I know you say, how can he? He's not an all-NBA defender like those two guys. Well, guess what? It's got to happen because this stretch of games that the Bulls have against the Orlando Magic and the Toronto Raptors and the Spurs and the Trailblazers and teams like and the, you know, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, yeah, they got some cupcakes coming up. You don't want to be the cupcake, though, allowing 60 points in the paint to the worst team in the NBA record-wise. And it's not like the Orlando Magic don't have some players. I like Jalen Suggs, right? I like Cole Anthony. I like Wendell Carter Jr., former Bull. Franz Wagner is a player, right? That dude is like a 6'9", 6'10", ultra Gordon Hayward, right? Where And, and you, know, you might think that's a joke, but Gordon Hayward was scoring 22, 23 points a game at one point in this, in this league. So, you know, being a taller Gordon Hayward ain't a slight. Franz Wagner's got game. And Mo Wagner brought the game tonight against Vooch. Uh, and, and that's my issue. If Lonzo and Caruso aren't coming back for a little while and you still need to set that defensive standard, I know Javante Green will be back. I know you count on Io DeSumo, but guess what? Your best players have to lead the way. I need to see DeMar DeRose and Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic start to play the defense that um, might take a chunk out of their offense, might take a chunk out of their legs at the end of these games, but these games will be a lot, a lot different in terms of competitive uh, fight and competitive character, which is what... Uh, Billy Donovan likes to mention a lot. We know that the Bulls can score points. Hell, DeMar DeRozan scored 41 tonight. The Bulls as a team scored 95. The Magic scored 114. So that lets you know this team doesn't have offensive issues. And yes, tonight you can look at the box score. Yeah, only 10 assists. They turned the ball over nine times in the first 13 minutes of the game. That's a recipe to get your ass kicked. And they got their ass kicked. But that has to stop. And if Zach Levine's coming back early, if Javante Green is coming back, then I expect some of it, some of that tide to be stemmed. But at the same time, I need to see Vooch. I need to see DeMar. And I've seen a little bit from Zach, but I need those three guys to play defense at a level that is not only competitive, but championship level. You set the standard now before the All-Star break. You set the standard now before trade deadlines so you have a good enough baseline of, okay, this is what we need. See, the issue is when you show how adept you can be defensively, the baseline is now moved. Now now a coach or now a team or now a fan base can look at you and go, oh, okay, you can do this. It's just the matter of fact that, you know, you, you turn it on and off. Let's face it. Nikola Vucevic has had a very, very good NBA career. I'm not retiring him right now. I'm not sending him off, I mean, putting him out to pasture or anything like that. But he's probably at the end or getting close to the end of his prime years. He's still a good rebounder. He's still a good high post passer, firing out for threes. He still assists on a high number. Uh, I should say a percentage of his assists come from you know him kicking it out to open three-point shooters because they've sunk in low or they're hedging or they're, they're digging into his lap and he's, he's aware where the double team is coming from. My issue is, is that Vooch, for whatever reason, 
has forgotten how to post up. He's forgotten post moves that you know have been in his bag f- since he was in Philadelphia. So if you got back to the basket situations and he had a couple of mismatches tonight against the Orlando Magic where he had smaller players on him. Yeah, drop step here, drop step there. Left hook, jump hook, left shoulder, jump hook, uh, right shoulder, jump hook. You know, the, the threes and the, the elbow jump shots just haven't been falling as of late. And when your center goes four of 19, like you got a center shooting in the low 40 percentile. Like that, 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 is a, that is a volume shooting point guard slash shooting guard slash wing player, right? That, that's a guy who's putting up 22, 23 shots a game and only hitting 10 of them. That's not Vooch's game. And that's what it's been as of late. So if he's got to be a volume shooter to get his points, then I'm definitely damn sure going to need to see the defensive nature stepped up. And he even mentioned it tonight in the post-game press conference that his energy and his focus and discipline weren't where it needed to be tonight. Well, if it's not where it needs to be against the Orlando Magic and you get blown out by the Brooklyn Nets and Golden State Warriors on national television and, and, and you go up against a Milwaukee Bucks team who, you, you know, you kind of put the, the as, I know 30 points is 30 points, but it was a tough 30 that Giannis had to score. But guess what? He was going up against Tyler Cook. Tyler Cook used every one of those fouls. Like, I need to see this team be a little bit more rugged. And that's where I think we land with this bull situation right now. For two years, I didn't see this team flagrantly foul or hard foul anybody. I'm not the guy that's out here telling people to put the wood on guys and make sure they feel it and they know they played the bulls after a game because even if they won, you knew you had a couple of stitches and scar. Nah, man, to hell with all that. To hell with all that romanticism about a bigger, better, tougher NBA. I feel you. This ain't the 90s, okay? It's a reason why it ain't the 90s. It ain't the 90s anymore for all the old heads out there because this breed and this generation of NBA player has been told that they cannot fight, has been told there's far too great an investment in the league by sponsors, okay, who don't look like you. So you can't have the black league running around just throwing hands all the goddamn time. And that's what happens with these dudes. You got guys out here like Grayson Allen or some players who maybe push it to the limit a little bit and you expect guys to come up swinging. That ain't this league. That, that has been ushered out of this league for various reasons. So for anybody waiting for Grayson Allen to catch mad mouth shots on March 4th, uh, if he does, okay. But if he doesn't, I won't be surprised. Billy Donovan even came out and said, you know, he's not going to encourage that. Now, he ain't going to tell you in the presser, but I wouldn't be surprised if Marco Simonovich is the first one off the bench on March 4th just to get a little run. You know, he, he, he checks into the game still in his, you know, regular casual clothes. He didn't have a, he didn't have a uniform on. He just walks in there that in a jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He he tears the snap-offs off. He's got his, you know, he's got Carl Kanai denim on underneath. You know, know, he ain't from around here, so he's still catching up to the trends. You know how that goes. You know, shout out to Georgie Mirasan back in the day wearing FUBU a couple of years after he should have been wearing it. That kind of vibe, right? And 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 who has been who has been outfitting the the abnormally tall white man for years, other than all these hip hop brands, right? So if Marco Simonovich checks in in his latest Sean John jogging suit or his latest Rockaway jogging suit, just to foul the shit out of Grayson Allen, I, you know, I, I'd be cool with it, but I'm not going to be surprised if it doesn't happen. It's a different league, but. When I saw what happened to Alex Caruso, it made me think of the last couple of years. Who's the dude on this team that you scared to fight? Who's the dude on this team that you scared is going to bring it to your chest? Now, there's grown men who are respected. Don't get me wrong. DeMar DeRozan is respected around the league. And DeMar DeRozan ain't no punk. I'm not calling these guys punks. I'm just saying, you know, even today, you know, you, you, Jalen Suggs elbowed the shit out of DeMar DeRozan before he dunked him. Right? Like, Mo Wagner is talking crazy to DeMar DeRozan, right? Like, these are the things where you're watching from afar. Like, wait a minute. Is there a reputation going around that you could just step on the Bulls' floor or, or, or uh, welcome them on your home floor and just push them around? They may win the game, but, you know, it, you, can, you can be as, as grimy and as uh, New York Knicks 1990-ish uh, as you want to be. Like, by, by the way, shout out to Blood in the Garden. Uh, the fresh new book from our man, Chris Heron, uh, that I'm, I can't, I, I got two copies of the book. I bought one and then I found out that I was uh, important enough to be on the mailing list. Oh, you got doubles. One on the yeah. stock, one on the rock. You oh, go. you know the vibes. You know the vibes. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might bring it out on, you know, Blood in the Garden Day, kind of like Air Max Day. You know, I might, I might bring out the new book just to, just to style on them. But no, shout out to Chris Heron. But this ain't that league and, and this ain't that team. So 
if the Bulls aren't going to get back at you physically, what they got to do is keep you out the paint. I, I need to, for a team, by the way, that's fouled a lot over the last week and a half. I, I need people to know you're there. And I, like I said, I'm not the guy that's advocating anybody catching mouth shots or, you know, out here doing anything dirty. But when dudes are getting thrown to the ground and, you know, the last couple of years, the Bulls' toughness has been questioned. I know it's been a complete team turnover and roster turnover, but I don't like, I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like when, when eight and 39 teams are shouting at you, throwing elbows in your face. When, you know, when they know you, they're going to see you in three days, by the way. This isn't Orlando, you know, uh, this is our last time seeing them so we can act a fool. No, they know they're going to see you in three days and they're acting like this. Never mind the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks and their social media teams out here, uh, you know, parroting and, and, and making fun of all the things that they shouldn't be making fun of after a guy gets hurt. And let's not mention the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks put out a statement today saying that they disagree with the one-game suspension of Grayson Allen. You never see that in the NBA when a guy gets suspended, that the team says, we don't agree with the suspension. The team usually accepts the suspension the same way uh, that the player does. Now, every once in a while, you know, there'll, there'll be like a little locker room fun for some of the guys who probably can't pay the fine or it's probably going to hurt them a little bit more. But Grayson Allen is making $10 million. He's going to lose one game check for taking out a rival, uh, a main competitor, not only in the division, but in the conference, taking out one of the key cogs of that team for two months. And that's evaluation after two months. And we all know that these rehabs aren't linear. We know that they're jagged. We know that they get their setbacks and things of that nature. And by the way, COVID, right? Because the last time Alice Caruso was hurt, he, got, he was in the health and safety protocol. So who knows how much time you're going to miss? I just hate to see it. I just hate to see it. And like I said, I'm, this isn't a beck and call for the 90s NBA because I lived through it and I enjoyed it while it was happening. But I also love freedom of movement. I love shooting. You know, I love the poetry that, that the game presents. Uh, with Boring. With the, yeah, scoring is cool, right? Uh, go back and look at some of those Utah Jazz Bulls boxes. You know, those, those 76-59 affairs out here that we, that we painted like masterpieces because Mike was wearing the shoes that we like. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this NBA is cool too. But there's also guys who you won't trifle with in this NBA. And like I said, whether it's Marco Simonovic <laughs> or Tyler Cook, because Tyler got that crazy in his eyes. You can see it. You can see Tyler is Tyler looked like the dude who anytime you ask him about basketball, he's like, you know, I've been places and I ain't going back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he he is very, very comfortable in that Bulls jersey. And he is attacking the rim and attacking other players like it. So I, I think this team needs a lot more Tyler Cook in them because you cannot have this kind of situation where it's just being bandied about the league that maybe, just maybe you could push around the Bulls and they'll be okay with it. Time for some commercials. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Bulls Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. And let's get right to it, Zach. Tonight, a game that we all watched, uh, the Orlando Magic and Chicago Bulls game. And, you know, tonight was probably the worst feeling loss of the season, but there's been a few of those in this last 10-game stretch or whatever. Uh, and I'm having trouble with just blaming it simply on injury. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. Six of your top nine guys are out. So I understand that no Zach Levine, no Lonzo Ball, no Alex Caruso, no Derrick Jones Jr., no Javante Green, you know, uh, some names that you kind of need in this rotation uh, are out. But watching this thing unfold and, you know, the ire is dropping on Vooch for a lot of Chicago Bulls fans. Like, they're looking for a place to put it. DeMar DeRozan scoring too much to put it there, even though defensively I thought, you know, DeMar DeRozan, um, I think DeMar DeRozan can pick up his game defensively by a long shot. Uh, what are you seeing right now that's troubling you? Before we get into your piece that you uh, put together on the Bulls a couple of days ago that was outstanding that I retweeted, but what, what are you seeing from this team right now from an outsider's point of view? Not just not outsider, but um, from a different point of view, maybe than a lot of our fans are hearing. 
Well, I think the problem is, even if you do blame it on injuries, and I would cast a lot of the blame on injuries, it's not like those are going away. Lonzo and Caruso are going to be out for at least two months. I would note that with the announcement about Caruso's surgery, they didn't say he'd be back in six to eight weeks. They said he'd be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. So we don't know when or if he's going to come back this season. And I think that's the real problem. Tonight, of course, DeRozan was incredible and nobody else really scored. DeRozan had 41 of their 95 points. I'm not as worried about the offense. Zach Levine will probably be back. Indications are as soon as tomorrow against Oklahoma City. And that will probably help a lot of the offensive problems. Plug in a 25 point per game score, give DeRozan a partner on offense, and they'll probably be able to score again. The issue is defense because the way this team was built, the way they were succeeding at the beginning of the season, of their main five players, DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine are all offensively oriented. They needed Lonzo and Caruso to hold up on the other end. And it was working. They were a top five defense through the first 20 games of the season. I don't think they were actually top five defense good. They were getting lucky. They were facing some easy opponents. But when the offense is this good, they don't need to be top five on defense. They just need to be decent on defense. And the problem is without Lonzo, without Caruso, they're not. And we can get into what we saw about the tonight. But like Orlando had 60 points in the paint. And this isn't a big three Brooklyn offense. This isn't the Warriors. This is the Magic, who are maybe the worst team in the league. And they were penetrating wherever they wanted. And I think without Lonzo, without Caruso, there's not really anyone on the perimeter who can stop any decent guard or any decent wing player on any opponent right now. Yeah, you mentioned in your piece about the the point of attack on their pick and roll defense and how it's been atrocious to to say the least. And you know, my uh, my on air partner Kendall Gill, former Charlotte Hornet, and of course former Chicago Bull, uh, he he harps on the drop defense and what they're not doing. And and I you know I often hear him say that and wonder, all right, what's the disconnect in, as far as what Billy Donovan is seeing, what that coaching staff is seeing, and what former NBA players are seeing? And obviously, Billy knows his personnel. And without throwing this guy under the bus, you know, he really knows that Vooch laterally uh, isn't isn't what you want when guarding a pick and roll. So is he going to come out there and hedge it hard? Or is he going to he's going to fall back and not defend the rim because he's not really a shot blocker? He's not really a hard fouler, to be honest with you. Like Vooch doesn't change a lot of shots at the rim or change your mind. So how do you how do you remedy that without Lonzo Ball, without Alex Caruso, without junking the game up, essentially, when these guys do come back? Yeah, I think that's the exact problem. They don't really have the personnel to change it up necessarily. I think the most damning stat is that when neither Lonzo nor Caruso has been in the game this year, opponents are shooting 40% of their shots at the rim. That's obviously the, the largest margin in the NBA. And it's one thing like Cleveland gives up a lot of shots at the rim, but that's okay because they have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley to block those shots or at least alter them. The Bulls don't have those big guys either. When I wrote my piece, even just a week ago, that was before... We knew Caruso would be out for a while when we thought Lonzo's injury was just minor and he'd be back soon. So I thought the concern then was that they didn't have the big wings to guard, you know, the Kevin Durant's and Giannis's in the Eastern Conference. Now they don't have the guards either. So, yeah, you can play Iowa more minutes and he's very physical. I think he's done everything and more than, than you could have expected from a second round rookie. I think Javante Green's return will also help as much as Levine will help on offense. Javante Green has been a really big factor on defense this year, so he'll probably help too. But I think they need a trade at some point. And the question is, do they go for a big fish or do they kind of just go for a stopgap and hope that they can tide over for the next two months until Lonzo returns? Zach Cram joining us here on the Full Go podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ring. And of course, Spotify is the gang. Zach, let's get right to it then. This this trade talk. Fe- February 10th is the trade deadline. The Bulls are just trying to seemingly make it to February 10th hole. Uh, and as you mentioned, Javante Green and Zach Levine seem to be the first uh, coming off of the injured uh, reserve list. So you mentioned, is it a big fish? Is it a backup four? Is it, you know, the Rashawn Holmeses of the world, the Kendrick Williams of the world, or is it going to be Jeremy Grant? And what do you have to give up? The, the issue that I'm having here is because I'm I'm always down for a wild trade, Zach. <laughs> I, I, this, the NBA, like the NFL started taking a little bit of the NBA steam with, you know, players flying here and there and everywhere. Like I remember, I remember like Marbury for kid type of moments in my life, right? Where, where you're like, okay, there's nine players going three different teams and I love it because I'm an NBA fan. This team seemingly needs every drop of every person who like right now if you're like you know the Bulls got to trade Tyler Cook to get this guy I'd be like I don't know because Tyler Cook is very important for him like it it reminds me of the last couple of years where I'd sit back and be like 
damn, man, Thaddeus Young is way too important for this team right now. And that's when they were losing. In the situation where the Bulls are on the winning side of things, especially the way they started this season, what can they give up that they can give up, if that makes any sense? That's right. Like, Kobe White would have been a name floated in some of these trade talks, but now he's their only guard who can shoot. So (laughs) I kind of need Kobe White. And I think the, the big question is Pat Williams. Obviously, he's not playing right now. And I think the trade that has been on the table for a while, the Pistons have been interested in Patrick Williams ever since he was in the draft. He obviously didn't fall to them because the Bulls picked him first. Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant did make the most sense for both sides. I think Grant aligns with these Bulls players more. Like DeRozan is in his 30s. Is he going to be this good again by the time Patrick Williams is ready to contribute for a championship contender? I don't know. I know Jeremy Grant is right now. So I think with a healthy Bulls team, Jeremy Grant would make a lot of sense. But if you look at this roster and you think, okay, over the next two months, we're really going to struggle. We'll lose the seating. Maybe we'll even fall toward the play-in round, and that'll give us a harder first-round matchup. Even if we make the playoffs, maybe Caruso might not come back healthy this year. I think that has to make you question, do we want to give up someone with the tantalizing potential of Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant, who's very good, but he's only signed for one more year after this one? I think that does change the calculus a little bit because you might have thought you were one piece away from a championship contender before, but are you still only one piece away with all these other guys hurt. What do you do? If you're Arturis Karnaschovas, if you're Mark Eversley, and you're looking at this roster right now, and you know there's a trade to pull off, and you know Jeremy's a big three, right? A regular size four at this point in the NBA's stratosphere. Uh, He's not a backup big that's going to change shots for your health. Jeremy Grant, I don't think, wants to be a backup anywhere, the way he's been talking as of late. So uh, with that being understood, and maybe it being a -a rent-a-player kind of vibe, what, what do you do in that situation where Jeremy Grant is the trade target? I think that's why these next couple of weeks are going to be so important. They do not face a lot of difficult opponents between now and the trade deadline. But then again, they did not face a difficult opponent tonight in Orlando and they still got waxed. So like they play Oklahoma City, they play San Antonio, Portland, Orlando again, Indiana. These are games they probably should win. But if they're not winning those games, I think that's when you take a step back and say, okay, this just might not be our year because of the injury luck. Let's go for more of a stopgap solution. Maybe one of the Blazers players, you know, like a Robert Covington, if the Blazers decide to do a full tank, or like Nicholas Batum, if the Clippers decide to take a step back with Paul George Hurt. I think those are guys who aren't going to make as much of a difference as Jeremy Grant, but can at least help you in the interim. Maybe you can win a playoff round, get everyone excited. However, if you win some of these games and stick around in like the 2-3 seed area, that's maybe when you, you try to take a bigger swing come the trade deadline. Who do you think the Bulls' most important player is, Zach? This might be a cop-out answer, but I think it's Levine. If you look at the teams that are really contending for a championship, they have Kevin Durant, they have Joel Embiid, they have Giannis. Like, the Bulls, even with as good as DeRozan has, has been, I think you've seen in the past how his game has limitations in the playoffs, and he is a better player now than he used to be. But I think Levine hasn't been able to prove himself on that stage before because he's always been playing on these bad teams in Minnesota and now Chicago. And he has the ability. He is one of the best pure scorers in the league. If you look at his scoring efficiency, his three-point ability, his ability to go one-on-one. I think back to that game when they hosted the Nets a couple weeks ago, and it was a really exciting first half. We can uh, not talk about that third third quarter a bit, but at the end of the first half, Levine was going toe-to-toe with Durant, toe-to-toe with Kyrie, toe-to-toe with Harden, and I think he has the ability to do that against any playoff defender. So if they want to take that final step forward to be an actual team you have to consider competing with Milwaukee and Brooklyn in the playoffs, it has to be Levine showing he can do that in the playoffs as well. Do you think with the emergence and you know importance of Io DeSumo and you know Kobe White uh you know being the mercurial scorer that he is I mean he's he's been on a a pretty decent 10-day tear obviously against the Milwaukee Bucks he stunk it up 0 for 9 from the three he's one for seven against the Orlando Magic so he's hit one of his last 16 shots uh from that from that distance the last couple of games but before that had put up a decent stretch of double figure scoring games actually upped his defense a little bit uh in the early portions of that stretch do you think counting on guards this young for a team that wants to contend for an Eastern Conference title and make it to the NBA Finals here uh, this year because you only know what you got this year with the Brooklyns and the and the Milwaukee's and the Philadelphia's of the world. Do you think that is a, a negotiable uh, you know, uh, you know, task for this team or is it something that at some point is going to present a, 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 severe, a severe disadvantage for this team? 
I think it is if they are role players. You know, if Lonzo and Caruso come back and then Kobe White's your sixth man off the bench or I would assume it was your seventh man off the bench, I think that's the right role for them. The problem is the trickle-down effect from these injuries. Not only are you missing Lonzo, but now you're asking the backups to do a lot more than they need to. In, in a normal game, if the Bulls are healthy, Kobe White misses his first three shots and that's okay. You know, you don't need him that game. But now, if he misses his first three shots, well, you need him to take 10 more. And Ayo Desunu has been playing 40 minutes a game the last few games ever since he entered the starting lineup. Before tonight's game, Billy Donovan talked in his press conference about how he's worried about Ayo's minutes, not because he can't handle it. You know, he's young, but he's just never had to do this before. This is already the longest season he's ever played because they've already gone past the length of a college season. And can he do that not just now, but over the next two months? because Lonzo's not going to be there, because Caruso's not going to be there. They don't really have any other options they can turn to. So I think the difficulty is not, can they do this? It's, can they do everything that's being asked of them, which is probably more than they're best suited for right now. The way the East is shaking out, you know, Miami gets Bam out of bio back. They've been playing better basketball. That's a team, obviously, that's built for the playoffs. They're just trying to stay, you know, in that probably one through four line so they can get home court advantage, at least in that first round. So there's different trajectories, different arcs for different teams, obviously. Philadelphia with the, the terrific play of Joel Embiid, you know, who's their number two and who can they count on consistently while Ben Simmons is still uh, out. Uh, Milwaukee, they they know this run. They they know what they have to do. You see them turn it up certain nights and certain nights they're like, all right, this ain't it. And, and Giannis is going to get his 25 and we'll sit it down because we're going to have to have Dante DiVincenzo or Bobby Portis win this game. And Brooklyn, obviously, since that big three was put together because of guy stances on the vaccine and injuries and all that other stuff. We haven't really seen them play together for a long stretch of time over the last couple of years. Is this the year that the Bulls uh, could upset people in terms of not just being fully healthy, but exceeding expectations? Because regular season expectations are one thing where you're talking about, okay, this team should be anywhere from, you know, four through six. And then they ended up here now in the top three spots. Uh, do you think with all the the unrest and all the topsy-turviness of this, this, this conference so far in the first half of the season, that the Bulls, this would be the Bulls' most legitimate chance right now to 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 kind of stake their claim in the Eastern Conference? Or do you think they're one year ahead of schedule? I'll answer that question with my favorite Eastern Conference fun fact right now, which is that the best point differential in the conference belongs to Cleveland. And that's not to take anything away from Cleveland. They've been a Cavs really around to be the one seed. <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, like, I don't think there was a single person in the world that expected Cleveland to have the best point differential in the East more than halfway through the season, which goes to show all of these teams have a lot of potential, but none of them have been great this year. And of course, Brooklyn with the big three would be great, but Katie's hurt and Milwaukee with the big three should be great, but they haven't been quite at the same level as they were last year. And I think there is a lot of, of fungibility among these teams right now the top six teams only being separated by two and a half games. And that could mean very good things for the Bulls. It also means that whoever they face in the first round could also beat them very easily. And I think the next couple of weeks are going to show us a lot. Does Philadelphia trade Ben Simmons for someone? Do you think that's going to happen? I have no idea. I think people have been predicting that for, what, nine months now? And <laughs> so we still don't know. So ask me on February 11th, and I'll give you an answer. <laughs> right, right, but right. at the same time, I think Brooklyn and Milwaukee, if everyone's healthy, are definitely head and shoulders above these other teams. Miami probably in the second tier by themselves. But when you have Cleveland having a potential to win the one seed, could they go out and trade for someone who really helped them given all the injury problems they've faced? I think any of these top six teams can beat each other right now, depending on just who's healthy and who's not. All right, Zach, how'd you get started in this thing? You said you touched down here on our shores in Chicago a, a few years back. Uh, tell the people how they can become Zach Cram when they when they grow up. Everyone, you know, because everybody's listening right now thinking, oh, this dude knows this stuff. You know, he seems like a young cat. You know, he's 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 got it going on. How how can I find myself in Zach Cram's shoes, you know, five, ten years from now? Get really lucky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's now, a start. I, I worked for uh, my college paper and then some lucky HR person or, or some uh, very kind HR person fortunately pulled out a resume somewhere and I got an, a, an internship when the ringer was starting and I've been here ever since. But in terms of reporting on the Bulls, I moved here a couple years ago. And then like we were talking about 
uh, before we started recording, then COVID happened. So I wasn't able to really cover the team in person for over a year. But then this season, now that things have been sort of opening back up a little bit, I've been going in person and, and on Zoom calls, and it, it really enlightens your your perception about the team. Getting to, to see Billy Donovan talk in person and ask him questions and everything uh, has definitely made me focus on the team more and for good reason, because they're good for the first time in a while. Yeah, man. So hopefully I get a chance to see you in that media room when we get let back in there in the playoffs or whatever the case may be. But thank you so much, man. The the piece was very, very enlightening on some of the Bulls' flaws and some of the things they have to work on in terms of them being a real Eastern Conference contender. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you are reading Zach Cramp's stuff here at The Ringer. And he'll be popping on here on the full go uh, when he gets, you know, when our people meet up with his people. You know, he's, uh, <laughs> he's a rising star in this industry. So we appreciate his time. Zach? Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Connect with the show 24-7 on the Full Gold voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. It is the Full Go with Jason Goff. I'm Chris Tannehill, and we are sitting here tonight, and we are just... Uh, basking in the full glow of NFL football glory. Oh, I see what you did there, by the way. The um, full glow. Is that, is that, is that going to be the spinoff pod? Is that- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the full glow like, recap pod that I do afterwards. Uh, I recap this real, stern, real stern vibes right there. I got you. <laughs> exactly. Tannehill have his own channel. You know what I mean? Then he'll backbite me and backstab me to his own show. I like the way this is trending, though. I like it. You know the vibes. So uh, we got some phone calls here. We're going to weave in and out of these games, and we'll talk about one of the more exciting finishes, the more exciting football games that I've ever seen in our in my life, and uh, I'll see what you have to say about it. And I'm not one of these prisoner of the moment types, but we'll get into it here. But 773-359-3103, 773-359-3103. Uh, one of my guys here, one of our former Lockdown White Sox callers, and uh, we're going to get us started talking about this Packer game from Saturday night. Hey, Jane, Chris, Mark, and Litchfield Park. Just enjoying my schadenfreude smoothie this morning after watching the Packers implode last night uh, and listening to Packers podcasts and reading comments. Um, you know, it's kind of sad that death threats coming at Maurice Drayton, uh, the special teams coach. It's ridiculous. It was the same ridiculous crap with Parkey death threats. I mean, it's a football game. Relax. Take it easy. But, uh, you know, my smoothie was made with Packers fans' tears. So <laughs> I am enjoying this. Um, it's the only thing I've got because the Bears are horrible. Thanks. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, yeah, man. You know, even with the Milwaukee Bucks um, social media manager, like her getting death threats and having to change her number, you know, reportedly and all this other stuff, like we need to understand that this is just sports. I mean, if there's any time that we should just take sports about as seriously as they should be taken, it's probably during a pandemic when people are passing away. So the death threats and all the other foolishness, yeah, you know, to this day, uh, there, there's a lot of cowardice that could be found in that anonymity, and we're getting a lot of that on social media. But I will revel in the fact that, you know, 
it's kind of like that having that fielder that you don't want the ball to go to and in the seventh game of the World Series that that pop-up goes right to that person we talked about the Packers special teams all year long all year long oh look look at Aaron Rodgers he's playing well without three of his five starting offensive linemen look at what's happening with them it's just Devontae Adams and Aaron oh look at AJ Dillon they, they've got a new piece now oh they're getting Preston Smith back he's missed uh, damn near the whole season and he's come back to rush the passer look at that secondary it's getting healthy again and the the common theme throughout this season, whether it be injury, Aaron Rodgers' foolishness, Aaron Rodgers' superb play, was that that special teams unit was ass. So for them to give up a block punt in the divisional round uh, and the, the, you know, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field and how cold it was and all that, man, the San Francisco 49ers played a physical brand of football all year long, right? Because let's face it, they, they had to figure out a way to win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. And you ain't just going to drop back 35 times straight dropbacks with him. You're going to have to do a lot of play action. You're going to have to do a lot of power run game. Hell, they turned Debo Samuel into a running back, right? So Debo Samuel playing the way he did even after his injury last night. Uh, and, and also, that defense. You know, Fred Warner and all them dudes, I mean, that defense is outstanding. And for them to hold the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers offense to the, the point total that they did, you, you hold those dudes under two touchdowns at home, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And the special teams bit them in the ass. So I'm not mad at it at all. I'm sure the TV people, the TV gods and the sponsors and all that, like the 49ers are the team that the, 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 the TV people don't want in the championship game. We can all kind of agree on that. You go with Joe Burrow because he's the number one pick and he's got that 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 cool kind of vibe. Plus, Cincinnati's a great story. You can go with Josh Allen. You can go with Patty Mahomes. You can go with Tom Brady. You can go with uh, Matt Stafford. But Jimmy G and that San Francisco 49ers team is a team that kind of got in there to crash the party and they crashed a couple of parties already. So I'm not mad at the Packers uh, having to ride off into the sunset. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, the Jordan Love era seemingly begins in Green Bay. So Bears fans, you know, start to start to rub those hands together like Birdman and feel as good as you want to feel because I, I, I feel in my heart of hearts at this very moment for the first time in 25 plus years, the Bears might have a better quarterback than the Green Bay Packers do. I, I feel that. Now, of course, this offseason, Jordan Love will have a Patrick Mahomes-type transformation, <laughs> and the Green Bay Packers will then luck into, I shouldn't say luck, but then they will roll into a third-generational quarterback because that's just the way it should work out for Bears fans. What else we got, Danny? Well, real quick, also, I, I want to I ask you something about Aaron Rodgers before we move on, but also, how about Kyle Shanahan putting Trent Williams in motion to set that edge, going from left to right? <laughs> Most beautiful <laughs> thing. And it's so sad that, you know, he left in a walking boot after that game. So I don't know if we'll see him uh, this weekend, but just stuff like that, man. Like, yes, I love scoring. You know, I love high flying offense. I love the Kansas City and Buffalo game. But I also love the other stuff, too. I love watching hard-nosed, tough football. You know what I mean? You can't have hope. You know what I mean? So I, that was just, that was awesome. That was one of my favorite things of the weekend. Just the nastiness uh, up in Lambeau. You know, I love that shit, man. Hey, dude, th- th- when you see Trent Williams in motion, first of all, like he's he's damn near, if not the best lineman in the game, he's probably top five. So he's already dope at what he does. But when you put him in motion and, and now you, you, you're not just setting an edge, he blew up his teammate. He blew up their teammates. Then he got to the second level and fell down, and a linebacker thought he was coming to get him. He's like, hey, man, I'm out to play. You you've, you, have done enough to get to this level. Uh, you are an all-pro player. You're wearing a 70s number. I don't want no part of that when the real field is two degrees. So yeah. You saw my, his Instagram before the game, the way he, he had like the all-black leather, and he had like the Cabela's ski mask on. I was like, oh, oh Trent, Trent is about that life. <laughs> Trent is about that life. One of the best intro videos this year is him and Debo Samuel coming out of the tunnel and in all red because they're in Santa Clara in the 49ers field. So the tunnel is all red. You've got what is a, a, a normal size mass murderer and, and a giant mass murderer walking next to each other. And I believe one of the special teams guys behind them has a boom box and they're singing, uh, I believe it was uh, NBA Young Boy. So, you know. Yeah, that's where I kind of disconnected. But <laughs> to say the least, it was uh, it was intimidating. Yeah, the 49ers, man. You think about Kyle Shanahan and how 
how revered he is. And then you look at his record. That's when you know where the respect comes in, right? Where, where you're talking about a guy being a master play caller, this, that, and the other, and he, what he did for the Falcons offense. The Falcons haven't been the same since he left. And now he's with the 49ers. And the moment that Jimmy G didn't complete that throw a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl, he was looking to replace him. And now he's in a position where he's going to mess around and go to the NFC Championship game with him again. So shout out to the 49ers and the way they play football because – no matter what you say about physical football, it, it has a place. And it's cyclical in the NFL. You see a lot of teams right now running that power run game, but still passing the ball 37, 38 times. It, it feels different. It looks different. But at the base, at, at its foundation, it's still power football. And I just I want to hold to this right now. Early predictions here. What do you think, uh, you know, if you had to decide right now, this first blush, where do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play his football in 2022 and beyond? You know, he strikes me as a guy who's going to probably want to live in a, a more Aaron Rodgers-y kind of place. So, I mean, it depends on what Russell's going to do, right? Because uh, if Seattle's open, then that could be a, a spot, a landing spot. That Denver team, man, depending on who they get to coach, that Denver defense is locked and low. They got Cortland Sutton. Like, Denver's got a lot of things that see, you, you just haven't been watching because they've had Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and they haven't really been box office football, so nobody's really been paying attention to them. But if you kind of look at, at, at just the, the infrastructure and the, the, the skeleton of a squad to just drop a quarterback into, that Denver team would be 11-12 win team tomorrow if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. So, you know, looking at, at how things play out, I can see Denver. Uh, I can see Seattle or or if he wants to really pull out the big joker, he goes to Pittsburgh. He goes to Pittsburgh and does what Ben couldn't do over the last few years. He goes to Pittsburgh with a coach who has a defensive mindset, but one he can't push over, right, just because he's Aaron Rodgers, which might, you know, stabilize him a little bit. But, yeah, he's got a few landing spots. And, of course, wherever he lands is going to be one of the favorites in the conference. Just depends on where he goes. All right, let's get to it. Tonight, we saw one of the greatest playoff games ever, one of the greatest football games ever. You know, you want to put it up there, at least games in our lifetime, Jay. You know, the Music City Miracle game, not counting Super Bowls, right? Because right, if, right, if right. you're not playing for the trophy, it's kind of a different thing. But the Music right. City Miracle game, you know, I think about that Patriots-Chiefs title game a couple years back. The 2011 Niners-Saints is up there. Uh-huh. Bills-Oilers back in 92, the big Ooh. comeback, you know, Frank Reich. yeah. And then, you know, uh, Dwight Clark, uh, you know, you see that still in every, you know, playoff football video, of Niners course. Cowboys back in 81. But uh, this one up there uh, was, was right up there tonight, the one we saw between the Chiefs and the Bills. And uh, we got a phone call from the 847 one. So <laughs> back off of that. All right. Yeah, Jason, Steve from Chicago. So after watching that Bills-Chiefs game, um, I'm just calling it right now. Calipal needs to find Leslie Frazier's resume and throw it in the shredder. Uh, <laughs> I was already against this dude being the head coach after he, got, he uh, had prime Adrian Peterson and couldn't get very far with him, couldn't develop Christian Ponder. But uh, yeah, no, you can't give up a field goal with 13 seconds left. Like, I, I just don't even know what they were, tr- what the Bills were trying to do with that last possession of uh, regulation. So, yeah, and what, just about any other candidate I'm fine with being a head coach. I, I guess I have some reservations about Doug Peterson, but that's another story. All right, that's all I got. Have a good one. Yeah, so look, apparently Steve's got many chapters to his coaching file. He's like, I can go off on Doug Peterson, but you know, that, that I'll save that for another call. Yeah, man, Les, it wasn't a sterling moment for Les tonight. The brothers, period. I mean, this is a tough day for brothers as defensive <laughs> coordinators, man, because I saw that on the uninterrupted, right? I mean, sorry, undefeated uh, ESPN site. And it was like, oh, look how many brothers is coaching in these, uh, these <laughs> the divisional round. And I'm sitting there like, oh, shit. Y'all all better win because this is, this is the final interview in the job interview. Even if you haven't gone on a job interview, <laughs> this is the final interview. Um, you got my man Todd Bowles, you know, I, I guess apparently telling Antoine Winfield Jr. to let, you know, don't be the deepest of the deep. You know, let, let somebody get behind you in a game where we just don't have to give up a field goal. Uh, and Cooper Cup got behind uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Same thing with Les Frazier and them boys down the stretch. Um, I mean, 
Bills players down the stretch made a lot of, lot of tough plays. Wide receivers dropping ball. Josh Allen was low-key out there solo uh, at, at the end of that game. And it was a terrific, terrific ending to a game. We've been playing the Kansas City Chiefs like ain't the Chiefs, you know, for the last, uh, what, three times to the AFC Championship game, two of the last three Super Bowls, still Patrick Mahomes. Um, they, they benched that dude, Daniel Sorensen, and, and all of a sudden their defense stopped getting his teeth kicked in. I mean, Melvin Ingram went over there, a former L.A. Charger, now uh, just putting the spot situations to rush the passes. So the Kansas City Chiefs still the Chiefs, but uh, I hear you, man. I hear you. Today was not a great day for Les Frazier or that Bills defense. Uh, I mean, on the other side of the ball, Brian Dable, I mean, putting up points again, right? Putting up points again. Now, are you bringing Josh Allen with you? That's the thing, because Josh Allen has now taken two or three steps. And it's so crazy because Nobody has ever had a career jump that Josh Allen has had, maybe in the history of sports. If you take a look at his first couple of years in the league and what he is now, he didn't even have to get better. If he could stabilize this for the next six, seven, eight years, we're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's the level that he's playing at. So, yeah, um, give some credit to the Chiefs. They still got Travis Kelsey. They still got Tyreek Hill. They still got Andy Reid. And they still got the gunslinger. But I feel you, Steve. I understand. It wasn't all bad for the brothers this weekend. The 49ers special teams coach Richard Hightower, I believe his name is. Yes. Uh, just what what a performance by that by that unit right there. The Niners special teams, of course. Uh, we we can't end the show without giving a shout out to Robbie Gold uh, for what he did. You know, the man had one bad month back in uh, 2016, yes, I believe it was, and all of a sudden Bears couldn't ride it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, Foxy could not take that anymore. You know, so and there he is. Still making big kicks in uh, in bad conditions out there, you know, still giving the Packers the what for out there. Uh, just a, what a career and just what a moment uh, for all the Bears fans out there watching that one. And yeah. I don't know if you've had any interactions. You know, you, I'm sure you've had interaction with Robbie over the years, but uh, couldn't be happier for the guy. And now he's going to get a chance to advance and uh, maybe, uh, you know, finally get that elusive Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, that's all we got, man. Just a, a fun weekend of football. And we appreciate you guys checking in as always on the full go voicemail line 773 3593103 uh, yep we appreciate all you filthy animals it's the full go all right, that does it for episode 55 of the full go we will return tuesday night when we recap bulls and thunder plus all the latest news out of hallis hall as always you can hit us up on the full go voicemail line 773-359-3103 that's 773-359-3103 thank you to the ringer's very own zach cram i want to thank our producers steve Cerruti, jesse lopez and the great chris Tannehill. for the fellas i'm jason goff thanking you for listening and downloading rating and reviewing sharing talking about all the things you do with this pod we truly truly appreciate you so much as always we leave you with this. Take care of each other and remember to please be safe out there. We'll talk to you soon.